Welcome to Break the Money Curse. It's Drew. It's your boy D Money. D Money, you pay, did you pay your Wi-Fi bill today? <laughs> that wasn't me, man. It was a, it was an outage in Chicago. But this this man makes uh, <laughs> he has a he has a full time job. He's a what do you call it? A um, we don't want a housing provider. Yes. Airbnb super host investor and he can't pay his wi-fi bill (laughs) (laughs) wi-fi bill is only 80 bucks a month man but nah yeah it was it was a it was a outage comcast had an outage throughout the city of chicago which i didn't realize it was like everybody until i was talking to some of my other friends earlier this morning like literally everybody was like yeah i'm out i'm out so yeah thankfully that that got rectified it's crazy you know i was thinking about the other day how because my, uh, my internet went out the other day as well, and it was like an extended overnight outage. Um, and it's crazy how interconnected everything is now to Wi-Fi. Like, thinking back to back in the day when we had to dial in to, um, <laughs> to AOL, uh, wait for, you know, doo-doo-doo, and um, the You've Got Mail, and... Uh, you know, we would go on there to, you know, be in a chat room or Black Planet or, you know, do homework was pretty much the only reason we went online. And now it's like the Wi-Fi goes out. It's like my phone everything is connected to Wi-Fi. My, my security cameras. It's my everything. TV. Yep. I can't even watch TV because I ain't got cable. Everything like it's literally everything is connected to Wi-Fi. So, yeah, yep. man, that's just the way it is. It, it just kind of sucks. I was like, uh last time this happened to me over the summer i was like you know what i'm just about to go run on a lake (laughs) it just made me like go exercise yeah i almost forgot i had regular radio in my car the other day i was something was (laughs) happening with my bluetooth and i was like just driving in silence and i'm like oh (laughs) i can just turn on the radio but there's nothing on regular radio, real talk. They play like the same ten songs on it's every the single same radio songs over and over. <laughs> so, yep. But man, like I actually, um, you know, today we're going to be talking about taxes. But I wanted to bring up something that actually um, I saw in my email box, which was interesting. So you know, there's a car shortage, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I felt the car shortage uh, when I when I went to uh, Colorado and july a car that would normally be let me say 40 bucks a day was literally like three times that price you know it was it was it was it was insane but so i bought uh my car two years ago and i bought it for twenty eight thousand dollars right so i get a uh solicitation uh through email asking to by saying my car is worth $27,000. Now, keep in mind, I probably have yeah. about 25,000 more miles on this car. Yep. You know, it's two years older than it, what it was. And essentially, it looks like the value has only gone down $1,000 because of the car shortage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that got me to thinking. I was like, hmm, could I like go up, sell my car and then go get another car? Well, here's the and, thing. And I actually I actually went out to look at the cars because I wanted to see if I could buy another car for the exact same price. So 27, 28,000, mm-hmm. right? And basically the cars that are for sale for that price 
are like 2014, 15, yeah. uh, uh, 2013, or they have like more miles. Yep. So it's just like, it's not even worth it to do it. I just yeah. thought that was interesting that I've my been... car has only appreciated $1,000 since, since I purchased it two years ago. Well, I've been thinking about it because... Um... My <laughs> my credit card statement balance just flashed across my screen and it startled me. Um, <laughs> but I've been thinking about it because I actually went on um, Carvana to see like how much they would pay me for my car, and it's actually more than I paid for it. So I would I would come out on top. Um, and even my beater, my you know my my Chrysler two hundred. Uh, yeah. My brother-in-law was telling me that, you know, recently he was like, we just bought a 2000, a, a car from the year 2000 for 5,000 bucks. So I'm like, you know, my car is paid off. It's got over a hundred thousand miles on it. I'm like, maybe I should sell it. But to your point, um, to your point, somebody in Russia trying to log into my Google, I got a lot going on right now. <laughs> um, but to your point, like, the if you want to if you sell your car and you're trying to buy a new one they're selling above the sticker price right now uh yeah. so it's not really worth it in most cases yeah and you know it's kind of the same way with homes you know anyone who's looking mm-hmm. to cash in on you know this increased equity that they have they they have to live somewhere right so they're going to yeah. be maybe paying higher prices when they buy a new home or even if they rent, they may be paying like a higher price. So yeah, yeah it's just an interesting time right now. Yeah, the housing um, market has been crazy and it's crazy how everything has a triple effect, right? Because yeah. this all started with the low interest rates and then people rushing to buy. And so everybody's trying to sell their house because to your point, the increased equity, which yep. trickled into the rental market. Now landlords, they're bidding wars for apartments so the landlords are like, okay, I'm going to double the rent. Not to yeah. mention, there was this pause on eviction. So they're like, okay, we're about to make up for missed times, double yeah. this rent. And people are still paying these astronomical prices. So something's got to give. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually kind of in that position now, you know. So we'll be closing on a new house next month, hopefully in about 25 days or so. All right. All right. So we're going to be looking to rent out our place. And yeah, the rents have gone up so much than Mm -hmm. what I initially thought, you know, when we first bought this place, the rents are so much higher than what I thought I would ever be able to rent this place for. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, we we talk about on this show having assets and, you know, doing all these uh, things to kind of just prepare for the future. And just the situation I'm in now is just like, I guess, like a... Uh, testament to to that because I'm in a good position where like I can yeah I'm buying one of these more expensive homes even though I'm getting it for under market value but then I also have an asset to pay for because Mm -hmm. I'm gonna you know put somebody in this in in this uh, rental and you know that's gonna pay you know some of the mortgage yeah so yeah it's just like I don't feel the full brunt of it but yeah, it's just an interesting market right now. It's just crazy. I, I don't know when, when it's going to end. Yeah, and it's also a testament to like weathering the storm. I was looking at... Um, so one of the things I do every month is I calculate my net worth, right? Um, 
just to see because you know i think we've talked about the fact that i'm not at that point where i'm budgeting to like i have a general budget but i I, like i'm not super drilling into the you know to the details but um for me it's like how much how much wealth am i really gaining per month is kind of what keeps me and then you know if i have an off month then i can kind of react and like put some safeguards on but right uh i was looking at something um Last month was like I the last month was the month this year that I spent the most. I had a lot of unex like I needed new tires. A lot of shit just popped up, right? Um, mm-hmm. So going into it, I'm like, I, like in my mind, I'm like, this isn't gonna be good or what I want, right? Um, but it was actually the best month I've had this year, um, partially because the stock market was like has been on a roll, you know? Um, yeah, and so. <laughs> Even though I spent I spent more than I made, my passive income offset it plus some. So yeah. it was really nice to, um, you know, that it, it really says. And I was just looking at the stock market. Um, there was something last night I was reading that shows like all the stock market crashes that have happened. And there's been a lot that have happened in recent history. Right. Um, and looking uh, the most recent one was last March. Um but then last, I think, December was like the most profitable month the stock market has had in years, you know? So yeah. it's like all these things is just a testament to like not making rash decisions. And sometimes you need to weather the storm um, and like it'll, you know, it's all about the long term and not making it really, decisions. Yeah, it definitely is. All right, cool. So let's pivot to today's topic. And this is actually one of my favorite topics, man. I know I'm like a nerd and probably one of the only people who like this, but I love taxes. I don't like paying taxes. I like paying my fair share, but not a penny more. But I do like talking about taxes because when you look at the tax code in America, it's not boring. It's so interesting. (laughs) It's so interesting because... It's really a game. It's a I game. Yeah. It's a game. It's it's like it's really like chess. It really is like chess because with the tax code, uh, you know, you. I mean, I don't know. I've never read through the whole tax code. I don't know anyone who has, but it's really a a, a set of incentives. It's telling you what you need to do with your money in order to pay the least amount of taxes, right? Legally. And, you know, for me personally, I try to use that as a guide to, yeah, kind of guide what I invest in, you know, you know, how I pay myself, like different things like that, because I want to pay the least amount of taxes legally. Mm -hmm. So today what we're going to talk about is just some ways that, you know, legal ways (laughs) that you can actually uh, reduce your taxes. Yeah, don't be Wesley Snipes. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's crazy. I was thinking, like, you know, all the ha- all the mess about Trump's and, and any presidential candidate's tax returns, right? It's always such a hot topic. And for me, like, yeah, like somebody is running the country, they probably should be paying their fair share. But if you're taking advantage of the, to- the tax code and you're doing it in a legal way, like... Yeah, I, don't, I ain't got a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. I don't think you know, it's something we should that, chase for eight years. <laughs> no, I mean now, granted, there may be. Some, there's other things that would be un, that will be uncovered. Yeah, there may be some other returns. things that's uncovered. Right, exactly. 
Um, but one thing I think he he did say, which I liked, you know, on, on the uh, when he's on the campaign, like, and they were just like drilling him, and other candidates were drilling him about, you know, paying. I I, I think he paid. I don't remember what it was. I think he like paid like seven hundred and thirty five dollars in taxes or something like that. Yep. Something crazy, right? So it's like in a decade. Like, <laughs> yeah, people were like complaining about that. And he said, basically, he's like, well, I'm smart. Yep. I'm taking advantage of this tax code right. that is here for me to take advantage of. And I totally agree with him. I do like, too. you don't want to pay no more taxes than you actually have to. Yeah. You know, because that gives you more money to actually live. That gives you more money to give. That gives you more money to, to invest. So who wants to pay more more taxes than they have to? My, my thing is, as long as you're doing it, you know, on an up and up and, and legal, I have no problem with it. Yeah, it always takes me back to, I, I think the first time I really learned the impact of taxes was um, my very first paycheck at, at Baby Gap when I got that $96 check after working <laughs> like 40 hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I think that's when you really learn that, man. And then like you drive and you see, man, it's potholes everywhere, you know, congestion and traffic, like, and it makes you question, where are my tax dollars going? But, uh, you know, it's up to us to to be students at all, like continue to learn. And that's what this episode is about is, um, you know, making sure that we're making the most of our money and keeping as much of it as possible. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, let's so, get into uh, it. Yeah, let's get into it. So this first one, I mean, we've talked about, I feel like we've talked about this ad nauseum. This season um, so, has been like all about the retirement plans. It really has. <laughs> so basically, you know, contributing to a retirement account uh, will definitely save you a lot of money on taxes. And this is going to be like whether you contribute to a traditional IRA, which is a pre-tax IRA or yeah. a Roth, because it's really a matter of when you're going to be saving taxes. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, contribute to a pre-tax uh, uh, IRA, you're going to be saving taxes today uh, with a Roth. You're going to be saving taxes tomorrow. So either way, it's just a good vehicle for saving taxes at some point in your life. Right. So I think just to make it clear, those contributions reduce your taxable income. So, right. Um, so if you make, and I'm talking about traditional. So if you, if you make $90,000 a year, you're putting $10,000 in a 401k then you're only getting taxed on the $80,000. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that was a perfect example. So, yeah. So, like I said, we've talked about this. I feel like probably five of the last eight episodes of uh, <laughs> retirement accounts have come up at, in some form. So, yeah, uh, no no need to, to talk more about that. Yep. All right. I guess this one, too. Um, open, open a health savings account. Yeah. So, if you... If you have a high deductible plan, uh, this is another way that you can actually, uh, you know, save in taxes because it's similar to the pre-tax IRA. You're going to get a tax benefit now and then you're also going to get a tax benefit later. Yeah. So the benefit later. So when you if you use the HSA to pay for medical expenses, you're not getting taxed on that money. Correct. So this Correct. is a double. Yeah. Double it's benefit. Actually, it's actually a triple if yeah. you you can invest this money, right. you can, you know, uh, take this money and say, OK, I'm not going to reimburse myself today. But I'm going to put that, 
you know, I think the most that you can do is uh, this year for a family is uh, $7,100. So let's say if you put that $7,100, you can invest that entire amount into the market and then just let it grow for 20, 30 plus years. Which is actually a great way to um, access a lot of mutual funds that a lot of people wouldn't be able to access um, through other mediums. Um, uh, like I have my HSA money invested into some some funds that <laughs> that I, w- I don't really, you know, because mutual funds typically have a minimum, um, a minimum dollar buy-in that's pretty high. Right. Um, and through HSA accounts, there's like a lot of great funds that you typically can invest in. Yeah, yeah, because I've seen them where they'll have like a minimum of like fifteen hundred or three thousand, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah, you can definitely use your your HSA for that. So that's another one where I feel like you know we've talked about that um, a lot too, but it's definitely a a great um, option. Yeah. All right, so this one, uh, the next one, this is really uh, talking about uh, businesses. So using your yeah. side hustle to claim business deductions. And by the way, I will say this, like if you look at the different types of income, and again, like I said, the, the tax code is a set of incentives. Mm-hmm. And you look at the different types of incomes and how are their tax? You have W-2 income, you know, right. you have your nine to five, you have business income, you know, which could be like, uh, you know, from a corporation, a corporation that you have set up or any other business that you have. Then you have investment income. If you look at it, W-2 income is taxed at the highest rate, like yeah. hands down. You know, if yeah. you let's just say if you made um, uh, $400,000, mm-hmm. you would be in the highest tax bracket, which I believe is 37 two percent like 37 percent yeah if you made that in w2 you will you will be taxed at uh, marginally 37 percent if you made that in a business you can write off so much where you know really you could be taxed at such a low rate uh, mm-hmm. a, a way lower rate than 37 percent and then if you made that even in investment income in some cases, you won't be taxed at all, depending on the strategy that you do, or you'll be taxed if you sell it at, you know, 15 percent capital gains rates, things yeah. like that. So really, the 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 um, tax code is telling you that you should be an investor and a business owner and not an employee. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's something to, to definitely think about. Yeah. You, and that's why, you know, a lot of times I think it's easy to talk about like a lot of the things that, that, that we spit out and that get spit out on social media sound like easier said than done, like have multiple streams of income, you know, it's one of those mm-hmm. things that's just been like, okay, everybody says it, but how do you do it? Right. But this yeah. is one of those, but this is a prime example of why, um, why it's important because I think traditionally we've been, we've been thought taught that we need to go to school and get a job and then work towards retirement. But it's actually really costly to, to take that traditional path versus having other streams of income. Yeah, definitely. So I'll give a kind of example of, you know, uh, you know how you can use your side hustle or whatever, your business to claim business deduction. So, um, so I have a real estate business. And so I write off, you know, if I'm going to, which I do quite a bit, you know, I go to Home Depot a lot. I go, yeah. you know, to different places legitimately for business. I go mm-hmm. to you know, dinners, seminars, lunch, you know, go to the different properties, all that stuff. 
I can write off my mile, my mileage mm-hmm. um, for that. So that reduces like my actual tax taxable income. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is anything that I buy, any memberships that I have, if I have a, you know, if I need to buy a computer and, you know, I'm using it for for working on my business, I can write that off. Um, there's just so many things. If you're using it for a business purpose, uh, you can definitely use that as a tax write off. And what I how I try to structure is I try to do things that I'm normally going to pay for anyway. Like even like my phone, you know, my yeah. phone bill, like a certain percentage of that is I can write off. So it's like everybody needs a phone. Most people have a computer. You're going to have that stuff. You're going to spend money on that stuff anyway. So why not, you know, just integrate it into a business where you can get a write off for things that you're already going to spend money on? Absolutely. There shouldn't be any any dollars that you're that you're putting into your business that um, that that you're not getting credit for. And I know what I tr- I traditionally have kept a spreadsheet because when it comes to tax time, like it's really hard to think back to all of those individual uh, yeah. expenses. So it's really important to have good record keeping, particularly if you yes. get audited. Um, yeah, but I think the other piece that's important for us to highlight is um, you really, first of all, you need a good accountant or some good tax software. Don't go to the homie down the street because um, don't go to H&R Block. <laughs> Uh, wherever else, you know, yeah. Because um, you also need to know when is the right time to do an itemized versus a standard deduction. Because for a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, the standard deduction might be the best bet, right? Um, yeah, at this point, yeah. So it really depends on where you are, and like if you're taking a standard deduction, a lot of these things aren't going to apply to you. This isn't going to be incremental on top of that standard deduction. Um, but you've got to you've got to plug you know you got to do the math and figure out which one is more beneficial for you that will well the business stuff would be like on top of the standard deduction but Mm -hmm. yeah like anything that's dealing with like your other income like w-2 income then yeah the standard deduction we're going to get to that uh talking about the different deductions itemizing deductions yeah so just to tag on because um this was a, um, a post from Carter Cofield, who's a CPA, um, and his handle is Cofield underscore advisor on Instagram. And one of his posts was, um, did you know the IRS will pay a portion of your rent? And here's the play. Have a dedicated home office space, divide the area space by the area of apartments to get the percentage. So the percentage of that room that is versus your square foot footage, um, take the percent and multiply times rent. So if it's 25% of your home times a $4,000 rent, that's $1,000 would be the business portion that you can um, take as a deduction. Uh, And that's how much you would write off each month. Right. So that's rent. That's also your Wi-Fi. That's also your gas bill. That's also, you know, that's 25% of all of those bills, the light bill, Mm -hmm. water bill, like anything that has to do with running that house. Uh, you can actually deduct a portion of that if you have a dedicated space for, you know, your home office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah. So that's uh, one of them. And this is kind of like the uh, I guess the business section um, of this portion. Um, the other thing you can write off business travel expenses, even while on vacation. Yeah. And I've done this, you know, a ton of times. You know, I have an annual meeting um, for my for my businesses. And, uh, you know, I 
intentionally. I intentionally go on vacation because you're able to do that. Yeah. And again, I document everything. You know, so we document, we we take uh, minutes um, when we have the meeting about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, wh- what our, um, uh, actually, I'm going to do this at the end of this year. Like, so next month, we're going to be, it's going to be, you know, uh, uh, annual meeting talking about, you know, strategies that we're going to do for next year to, you know, change the business, make the business better, things like that. So... I can actually document my plane ticket, you know, where I'm staying, like different things, because this is legitimately a business expense. Yeah. So it's like you have to be strategic, mm-hmm. you know, in in the way that you do these things. Because my goal is to make like 80% of my life like a write-off for real. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, what I want to do. And I don't think it's really hard to do. You just have to not, be strategic. And you have to be good it. at record keeping. Um, yes. I remember when I worked at Sears, we would have a Disney trip every year. And it was a big, extravagant trip. Um, and there would always be one day that we would have to spend a few hours in a meeting. And everybody would be like, man, y'all throwing this meeting right in the middle of, of this trip. Everybody's trying to have fun. But the reality is that trip was a write-off. Um, And while Citibank was spending, you know, millions of dollars to send us to Disney, um, it was a write off. And so we we worked for a little bit and then we went and had some fun. So exactly. And and that's exactly what I do when I'm on vacation. There is some work in there is some stuff, you know, that I'm doing while I'm on vacation. So, I, you know, I party and I and I work as, as, as well. But it's like I'm not working eight, 10 hours all the time, you know, like I would be here. So. Um, so yeah, uh, that's definitely, uh, a great way of doing it. Um, another one is deducting half of your self-employment taxes. So basically what this is, is, uh, so we all have those FICA taxes, right? That mm-hmm. we see on our, on our W2 She's a nasty bitch. <laughs> so you're paying half of that right now. Mm-hmm. So you're paying, I think 7.65%. And then your employer is paying the other half of that if you're a W-2 employee. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have your own business, depending on how you have it structured, um, say if you're like a sole proprietor, you have like a, let's just say a drop shipping business on on Amazon or Airbnb business. Mm-hmm. So those earnings, uh, you're going to have to pay, you know, both sides of that. You're going to have to pay 7.65 plus 7.65 equals 15. 3%. So let's just say if you made $100,000, right? So that's $15,300 of FICA taxes. That's not even the federal taxes. Like that's in addition to that. Um, so you're going to have to pay $15,300. But because you're the business owner, you get to deduct, deduct half of that as well against like your other uh, income. So that's definitely a perk. Mm-hmm. Um, anything to add on that? Because I, I have some more to add on that. No, keep going. So uh, a way to kind of get around that is uh, depending on the type of business and, you know, the income uh, you have is, you know, you can make yourself an S-corp or your business an S-corp, S-corporation. And uh, with an S-corporation, you essentially will be paying yourself a W-2 salary, Mm -hmm. which is a reasonable salary. And this is... The IRS doesn't really define what a reasonable salary is, but essentially it should be a reasonable salary uh, based on like the type of work that you're doing. So let's just say you make one hundred thousand dollars in whatever your business is. Let's just say a reasonable salary is thirty thousand dollars. 
So you're going to pay yourself in the form of a W-2, $30,000. The cool thing, though, is that $30,000, you're going to pay self-employment taxes on that Mm $30,000. That other $70,000, you're not going to pay self-employment taxes on. So you've just saved a ton of money on self-employment taxes because you've incorporated incorporated your business, essentially. These are the type of strategies, you know, and that's why, you know, and and I think that's why a lot of times, you know, people start their own businesses and we hear a lot about LLCs. And I think, you know, especially when the the paycheck protection was popular, like there was a lot of posts about, you know, form an LLC. But in a lot of cases, an escort, you know, is really the, the better way to go, the more beneficial way. But that's why it's important to have partners that can educate you on these things, um, because you may be spent paying a lot more um, based on, you know, how you structure your business. Yeah, definitely. And an LLC, honestly, is not going to um, is not going to uh, get around that uh, that self-employment tax because an LLC is just a pass through entity. Right. It's essentially taxed just like you would be taxed. It's not taxed mm-hmm. like a corporation. So, yeah, it's, that's that's why when I hear people talk about LLCs and stuff like that, I can tell like they're not educated yeah. like on this topic um, because it's just like, oh, I have an LLC. Now I have a business. And that's really not just because you have an LLC. Doesn't because mean, Instagram all, told me to a- pay my two year old <laughs> get his LLC, pay my two year old a salary. And then you ain't gonna have to pay taxes on that. And yeah, it's <laughs> just do some do your research. So that's another thing is not on our list. You just, I mean, this is another thing like where you can be smart if you have like an S corp um, or a corporation. Yeah. I mean, when your child gets of age, you know, they have a certain amount that they can earn and not pay taxes on. And if they let le- you legitimately have a job for them that they can do, you can pay them for that portion, which will save money for you in taxes. Plus, it will, you know, you can then use that money that you're paying your child to, you know, go pay for their school clothes or whatever you need to do, you know, essentially, because you're probably going to be paying, you're going to be using that money for that child anyway. So why not, you know, use it for a tax benefit? Absolutely. Cool. Um, Higher education credit. That's a big one. And I think, you know, anybody that has had a student loan, hopefully has been taking advantage of this. Yeah, definitely. Can you kind of expound on on this one? Yeah. So um, the uh, this is a tax credit. So it's the uh, opportunity tax credit. Um, it's claimed for the first four years of college and provides a maximum credit of twenty five hundred dollars per student. Um, so this one really does add up. Um, and so typically when you file your taxes, um, you definitely want to make sure that that you're getting this credit, um, particularly um, if you if you went to if you went to college. Yeah, and and the big thing about this one is that it's an actual credit and not mm-hmm. a deduction. So yeah. like the difference between credits and deductions, essentially credits are you're going to get more bang for your buck with credits because let's just say after it's all said and done, you know you have a tax liability of ten thousand dollars. And then if you get a $2,500 credit, now your tax liability is only $7,500. Whereas if you got a deduction, um, let's just say your tax bill uh, uh, is $10,000, but the deduction reduces it by like $1,000, your your deduction is only reducing 
it by the percentage of what your tax bracket is. Right. Um, so let's just say you're in the 22% tax bracket and you get a thousand dollar deduction. Really, you're only saving 22% of that thousand. Mm-hmm. So $220. Whereas if that was a credit, if that was a thousand dollar credit, you will be saving the full hundred percent of that. Exactly. So, so what's nice about a credit is let's say that it your credit is more than what your tax what you owe in taxes, you'll actually get that back as a refund. Yeah, yep, yep. And every credit isn't refundable, but there are a lot of them that are that mm-hmm. will give you give you that. I mean, a, a, a good because we're talking about the higher uh, education credit. Yeah. A good um, example of that versus deduction is you you also get a twenty five hundred dollar interest deduction if you're if you pay more than twenty five hundred dollars in student loan interest. Yeah. You know when you're paying your student loans back, but that's not a credit. That's only going to reduce your, you know, your income by twenty five hundred dollars. Not going to reduce your actual tax liability by twenty five hundred. So. Hmm. All right, what's the next one? So this one, the earned income uh, credit. Uh, yeah, this is the the earned income credit is for um, filers that there's an income limit limit on this one, right? Yeah. Um, income limit for credit range um, from fifteen thousand for fifteen thousand eight hundred for a single taxpayer with no children to up to fifty almost fifty seven thousand for a married couple filing jointly. Um, and this credit goes up to $6,600 um, per year. So earned income is actually one of the biggest um, big, biggest tax credits that actually, that's out there. Yeah, especially for, I would say, uh, low Lower. to middle income. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, this is a credit, so it, it, it definitely goes a long way in reducing your taxable uh, uh, liability. So... Uh, this one, I would say, definitely make sure you know you're getting uh, this credit when you file your taxes, um, based on you know what your income level is, whether or not you have kids, you actually get more of a credit. Whether or not you marry, you may get even more of a credit. So um, definitely ask uh, your tax person about this. Pay a credible accountant. Yes, yes, and in most, I would say in most cases, if you have, I mean, if you're, uh, if you don't have anything. Like if you just have this uh, W-2, right? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you could probably do it yourself. On um, first of all, you could do it for free. <laughs> Depend- especially yeah. depending on your, on your um, income. On your income. IRS.gov uh, has all the links for t- for free filing. Yeah, definitely. Or you can use TurboTax. Is it's very easy. I mean, they walk you through it. Uh, they ask you a bunch of questions. It's really not that hard. I would say once you start to you know add businesses and you know different things, then it then it's just like yeah you and and i think that's the the big thing i know we started out by saying like you know don't go to h&r block get a good accountant stuff like that i see a lot of people that have a very basic taxes um just like you said just the w you know standard w2 not a lot of complexity that are paying these professionals all kinds of money to to do their taxes and it's not it's not necessary if you're just a straight w2 earner yeah, it's, it's really just not, when you start adding a lot of complexity that um, that that you want to make sure you have someone credible doing your taxes. Yeah, definitely. All um, right, so this next one kind of so, gets into the. So Ramsey yeah. told me not to buy a house until uh, I got my twenty percent down. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I don't. Uh, <laughs> you don't agree with that shit. Yeah, I don't agree with that. So basically, <laughs> but if you do, if you buy a house for less than 20% down, um, you will be paying something called private mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like the bank wants to insure, you know, it's, it, it's a, a form of the bank, like insuring your loan because, you know, you have less equity than what you would, you know, if you put down 20%. So you're paying like whatever this cost is. You get to, if you're itemizing, you get to write off that portion. Now we talked earlier about, you know, standard deductions and, you know, itemized deductions. The standard deduction for a, um, for a single person uh, for 2021 is actually 12,550. And then for married couples is 25,100. So basically, if you don't have, if you're looking at itemizing uh, your taxes, and the, uh, you can itemize a, a couple different things. You can itemize like uh, state income tax. You can itemize uh, property taxes, uh, mortgage insurance. Um, uh, it's a lot of different things. So basically, if your itemization, uh, if your itemized portion of your taxes isn't more than your standard deduction, it makes sense for you to do the standard deduction. Yeah. But if you have more itemized taxes um, than your standard deduction, then you should itemize your taxes. Yeah. And, and this one, if you are, hmm. if you're able to itemize your taxes, these are some of the things that you can itemize. So you should itemize your property, your private mortgage insurance, your your tax, your property taxes, your you know state sales tax, your state income tax, like things like that. Yeah. I mean, this one is this one is huge because PMI is is expensive. So um, this is actually a huge, huge um, deduction. And I know this one went away um, back in 2017. But um, at the end of last year, or actually the end of 2019, um, it became available again. So um, that's great for um, it's great for folks that don't have 20 percent equity in their homes. Yeah, definitely. And just a caveat, if you actually own real estate property, this actually doesn't, um, the whole itemization doesn't uh, affect you. You can actually write off that private mortgage insurance against your your uh, rental income. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't have to itemize to, to do that because all the expenses are already itemized anyway. Right. Um, so just a, just a caveat on that. Same thing with anything related to the house if you're a real estate investor or have like rental income you can just you know write off against that rental income mm-hmm. cool um charitable charitable donations i think is one that most people know about um a lot of times you'll see um like you'll donate some clothes to goodwill or or um the salvation army and they'll be like okay what do you think the value you know they'll give you the paper yeah um people that tithe go to the church um Make sure you're getting those statements um, every year um, because I know that's a that's a big, big investment. I think when you think about uh, our communities in particular, and I'm talking about the black community in specific, I think we probably have more people that are investing 10 percent of their income into church than into retirement. Um, And I think at the bare minimum where, you know, if you know, if you feel like that's the right thing to do, then that's great. Um, but make sure that you are, um, that you, you're taking that as a deduction. Yeah, definitely. And, and it used to be where 
you could only so that was one of the expenses that you had to itemize to to get mm -hmm. uh but that actually changed um uh with the with the covid uh the cares act um so um you can actually deduct up to three hundred dollars um uh for uh if you you know if you donate uh to charity so the first three hundred dollars you can donate without itemizing now if you're itemizing you can you, you can deduct you know the the full amount that you actually donate yeah cool so and we, on the millionaires episode which a lot of y'all didn't listen to um <laughs> y'all must not believe y'all can become millionaires but um <laughs> <laughs> um we talked about you know when we talked about the millionaire mindset and the habits um one of most millionaires the majority of them are very charitable and they give right they give back um so this is a way where as you're building your budget i actually have you know charitable things built into my budget so you shouldn't feel guilty about giving back nah and same with me um i, I essentially have three line items i have uh spend save give. invest no spend give invest yeah spend give invest so those are the three i've simplified my budget like that's basically all i have in my budget now. Like, <laughs> it feels so good uh but yeah it's i think it's important to definitely give back so yeah um all right so this one uh kind of deals with kind of capital gains tax um so this is kind of a huge one, especially in light of the, the environment we're in now. Yeah. So a lot of people are selling their house. You know, you bought your house five years ago, three years ago. You may have some sub substantial um, equity in your house. Yep. And so uh, there's a section of law. Uh, if you're single and your home appreciates uh, you and you sell your home up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of that, you know, that yep. profit could be tax-free and then if you're married up to five hundred thousand and the requirement is that you would have had to live in a home uh for two of the last five years right so like let's just say you bought a home two years ago and you lived in it for two years and you just sold it and you made 250 and you're single you made two hundred fifty thousand dollars that's gonna be tax-free that's like an amazing deal yeah I know <laughs> amazing deal. a lot of people um that had rental properties that wanted to take advantage of you know the housing boom um this is where it hurt because uh, they they couldn't write that off um, because they didn't live in the home for two of the five years. So they got hit yeah. with those capital gains taxes. Right. You could probably do that. with. I mean, unless you did some house hacking, mm -hmm. you know, you could probably it depends. You, you can probably get away with that for maybe two of the properties. Yeah. Now, if you own more properties, you can't. Like, for instance, like this property I live in now. I could get away with it because I've lived here for two years. Right. And if I sold it, I could. And then the last one, I have technically lived in there for two years too. Yeah. And it's still within the last five years. Yep. Um, so I could do that. Um, but yeah, other than that, you can't. But yeah, I know some people who've taken advantage of this and it feels so good that, you know, they make this huge profit and then they don't have to pay taxes on it. Yeah, yeah. it's such a it's such a great deal. I um and then when you talk about stocks, capital gains on stocks, I think you know we've talked about that quite a bit as well. Um, 
I'm not gonna pay any capital gains this year. I didn't last year. Um, I told you all when we started this, like I started investing in the midst of the pandemic. So I wasn't a major, you know, I wasn't really spending, I wasn't dabbling in investing prior to that. So um, because I'm writing off my losses, they, I'm actually, I've had, I'm gonna balance it out this year that most of my trades have been losses to offset exactly. the gains. So I don't have to pay capital gains. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's that's a good one. Um, and another one, uh, just dealing with stocks and kind of charitable giving, you know, a way that you can, you know, be charitable and avoid taxes on your stocks is you can actually donate your stocks yeah. so to a to a charity. So say if you wanted to give, you know, ten thousand dollars, but you didn't want to actually give that money, you could donate ten thousand dollars worth of stocks. The charity 501c3 doesn't have to pay taxes on that money mm-hmm. and then you can still receive a deduction for that money without paying any income taxes on, on that money it's just like an endless when, when you're investing <laughs> this is why i love taxes because it's almost like an endless amount you know people you may want to call it loopholes you may want to call it whatever you want but yeah. this is just like amazing that you can do these things mm-hmm. and you know like i i just love this man i just <laughs> love it this is why i love taxes yeah. I, so it's a lot my, of ways. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of ways. So that was my final my final one. Do I'm you good. have anything I else? I mean, I'm good. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking forward to, you know, tax taxes give me a headache, but this is, you know, it's great. You've got to have baseline knowledge. You know, this isn't a sexy topic, but it's an important yes, topic not. because um it's probably it's one of your biggest expense. Taxes is probably your biggest expense outside of housing. Oh yeah, definitely. So, no like, especially you, as your income goes up, oh yeah, no doubt. So you want to know how you can keep as much money in your pocket. So that's why we wanted to talk about it. Hopefully, y'all listened through, because um, there's a there's a little tidbit in here. And then, if you have an accountant, these are something you might want to probe them and make sure that you know nothing's getting missed. Um, that's why we we thought it was important to talk about this topic. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, I, I have an accountant, but I'm pretty astute on the, the, the tax law, too. And, you know, sometimes I'll ask, like, hey, aren't you missing this or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, like, or please explain to me why, you know, I'm not getting this deduction. Mm-hmm. And then I learn a little bit, you know. Yeah. So um, I do have a what these money, deep money is loving. OK, so I'm loving tax planning. I think tax planning, enough of us don't do it, especially if you have a little bit of a complicated tax situation you got businesses things like that doing tax planning like throughout the year will help you where you don't i think you should be thinking about taxes at least quarterly you know like don't just think about taxes when it's time to file yeah yeah so i'm already thinking about strategies that i'm going to be doing Mm -hmm. in 2022 and i've already been talking to our cpa about that you know throughout the year and it's it's you know, it's kind of shifted like the way like we move in terms of, you know, buying real estate or how we buy real estate or, you know, selling some stocks, like different things like that. So um, I would say definitely like do do some tax planning. Yeah. And then you had also recommended pocket watching with. Yeah. Pocket watching with JT. Yeah. Um, and he's on, a CPA, right? Yeah, he's a CPA. And I, I would say, hey, get a, a consultation with him. Um, he, he puts out a lot of great knowledge out there. So I would say definitely check him out. Cool. Well, my stock pick of the week is actually, 
yeah, my stock pick of the week is actually an ETF. It's the QQQ, which I know is in your portfolio as well. It is. D-Money. It is. Um, which is the Invesco um, uh, ETF, which uh, trading for $395 a share. So let me tell you, um, and I think both, both of us have talked about why we love ETFs, because they're pretty much set it and forget it funds. Um, so this one tracks the NASDAQ 100 index, um, which is the, the, the 100 largest non-financial companies uh, listed on the NASDAQ. Um, so just to kind of run down the returns, um, first off, the expense ratio is 0.20, so it's re- relatively low. Um, year-to-date returns on this fund have been 23.5%. Um, one-year returns, 44%. Five-year returns, 28% and 10 year returns have been 22%. So um, I don't know if there's a bank account that's going to give you, uh, there is no savings account that's going to give you those kinds of returns. Top holdings in this fund. So, you know, I think a lot of people continue to ask, we've tried to break it down in a lot of different ways, but I think investing is just one of those things that's hard to wrap your brain around until you start doing it. Um, so the top holdings in this fund, so you buy a share, right? Let's say you start with one share of QQQ or VU or one of these other funds that we've talked about or recommended. Um, you're buying a, a piece of all of these companies. So what I'm, what I'm explaining to you is you buy a share of QQQ, you get a little slice of the pie um, from 100 different companies. It's not divided equally. So um, the, the highest performing companies have the, the a higher percentage of where your money is going. So the top holdings for QQQ are Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Tesla, Nvidia, Google, Facebook, Adobe, and Netflix. So, um, you know, those are the biggies, right? So that's my pick of the week. That's a good pick. Um, yeah, I, I love that fun. And yeah, I just love any fun, honestly, where I can just like kind of set it and forget it. So I would definitely advocate for that fun. Yeah, man. Let's hopefully we get another 44% in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. That's all we have for you guys this week. Pay your taxes. Uh, get some tax credits, some deductions, and then and have a drink. And get a legitimate business, not just an LLC. <laughs> we out on that. <laughs> yeah, all right, later. Peace out.